Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. This week, I have the best bus driver in Europe. I have Didier Cicada joining us and he is a driver, well he was a driver with Busabout and now he was with Kentucky in this last summer and he's going to be talking to us about how he got his job and what it's like being a driver in Europe. Welcome Didier. Hi guys. How have you been? Uh, you know, just uh cruising around, driving buses around Europe, you know, nothing much, but the best job in the world. <laughs> yeah. Now, I didn't realize how much of an important job it was until I did the bus about trip that you drove on, which I think it was Spain, Portugal. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, that's right. That was Iberian Adventure for Buzzabout. Don't ask me the year because I think I lost my ears. Yeah, I don't know when that was. It was, a, it was a few years back now. Now, where are you currently? Where do you live? Well, um, I live in Portugal. I have my own place with my girlfriend. But, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit like a gypsy because, mm. uh, you know, I live on my, uh, on my suitcase because I go to do some trips and then I come back home and then back again on the road and then back home so I'm a little bit all around yeah and how did you get the job to start with when you first started working as a bus driver <laughs> well that was fun that was back in 2013 I was an electrician before a big big rise in Portugal come and then um, well you know I got I got without job and then my uncle he was he was a bus driver around Europe a long time before me and he saw me there on that position you know uh, going crazy and looking for a job and he asked me if I wanted to, you know, to be a, a bus driver around Europe. And I, I told him, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm not able to drive a, you know, a big car like that. Mm. But why not give it a try? So that's what I did. I applied for Busabout at the time. I actually applied for Kentucky first, but because they, they are both the same company. And at the time they had many drivers that put me with Busabout. And yeah, the adventure starts. Uh, in 2013, I became a buzzabout trainee, what we call the first year drivers. We did go for a big training trip around uh, around Europe, so close for 50 days where you are on a bus uh, and you drive around Europe, you learn how to drive and you learn all the places where we have to go. And we have all the guides with us to learn all the places as well and what to say about. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's how, how it started. Did you have to do a special course to learn to drive the big buses? Because these are huge buses. How many seats do they hold? Um, 57. Yeah, they're massive buses. To become a driver, to like to become a, a, a bus driver, we don't have to do, well, you have to a special license. So you have the car license and then you have the truck and then you have the bus license. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you have to do that. But it's not something really, really special. But once you want to become a, a bus about driver or a Contiki driver, you have to go through a, a two-month training trip. And that means you already know how to drive, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then we, we have, we have to, to drive a certain way that uh, the company wants, you know. We'd, so we do checks in the morning to see if the tires are good, if the coach has a while, you know, all this, you know, different like safety first. Yeah. 
So we do a big training and then because we go through all Europe and on on my first years, we uh, we didn't use GPS at all. So we had to go with some notes on paper and uh, and just cruise through the cities, you know, the big crazy cities of Paris and uh, busy city of Madrid, Barcelona, you know, all these mm. crazy places where we have to go and beautiful places. And get and get a big bus into such small streets as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's that's the love, you know. That's what we like to do. <laughs> yeah. After you do your what was it two months of training, and then you go yeah. out by yourself and you do your your first one by yourself. Yeah. So that's the more complicated day because uh, I think my legs was shaking so much, you know, that I thought I I would not be able to <laughs> press the gas or, or brake. But uh, yeah, and then once you finish your training, you you are by yourself. You know, they give you a sequence for the month or you know for a week, and then give you a a, a bus full of people and let's go. Mm. And like you said, that you didn't have a GPS. So how many times in your first year were you getting lost? Was it happening a lot? I didn't go lost a lot. I don't know. Maybe my notes were really good, <laughs> you know, because I was scared to get lost. I got lost maybe, I don't know, three, four times. I don't know. Like, I don't call it get lost because if you get into a city and, and you just drive one way all the time, you're not going to know the rest of the city. So sometimes I was doing on purpose to go different ways. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that was a good job. Sometimes it was like, okay, let's reverse like, I don't know, five kilometers and, you know, do a different way. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I remember being amazed at how good of a driver you were because it is a huge <laughs> bus. And I remember you were getting it into all kinds of positions. And I thought, how are you getting it in here? And you were so good at it. And not once did I even question if we were going a wrong way or doing the wrong thing. You were so confident with it. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. I think it's just I don't know, drive, drive for me is very important. Like at home, I always want to drive. If I go out with friends, I can private my, myself to not drink. And then just because I want to drive and just because confidence is, is big when I drive, I like, I like to drive. So I like, I know I can do it. So with the buses, I was just, the first impact was like, yeah, this is, this is big. But then because you, you can do it, you, you will feel more confident and you will feel more proud of yourself because yeah, that's, you know, that's a, a 30 meters car. And what was it that you started to enjoy about being a driver for these companies? Well, at the beginning, I was very shy. I still a very shy person. At the beginning, you know, it was very hard because I started and I couldn't speak any English. You know, I was just, that was just like yes and no. And well, if you remember back at the time when you did the trip with me, probably I couldn't speak that much English that I Oh, I thought you were now. pretty good. No, yeah, yeah you 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 are you have improved, but I thought you were pretty good at the yeah. time. Yeah. At the time I, I I was just just smiling and driving and and be happy because I could take people from A to B and without accidents and not without getting lost. But then I start to improve the English and understand what the the travelers were saying to me. And I start to enjoy what what makes me enjoy this job is uh, I start to enjoy to make people having the best time of their lives because Kentucky and Bazabat is more it's more Australians and uh, and New Zealanders coming to to traveling. And you guys do such a big trip on a plane to come overseas and come and visit different cultures and try to learn a little bit of history and you know have have a lot of fun and be able to to give you guys that feeling you know to help you guys to have that feeling 
for me is 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 the job done you know mm. um having someone to you know looking at the sagrada familia and look at it and smile and and say wow that was on my bucket list so helping these people to have a great time for me is the more important and of course driving because i just love it <laughs> <laughs> I, i remember that trip for me it was definitely one of my best tour trips that i have been on the guide we have she she was fabulous and you were so good as well that you did make the trip really enjoyable for everybody you both did and i think that had a lot to do with why i liked it so much and why it's up there and why i think bus about is such a great way to get around europe can you explain a little bit about how bus about works because it's not just you do a tour and you go on there and you stay with it the whole time it's a bit of a different system as well yeah bus about is a uh, is in in my opinion is a really really a brilliant idea of traveling such as contiki you know but uh, the different so these two companies they are part of a travel corporation and this is a, a massive uh, tourism area company so basaba and contiki are same the same company but then it's it's like the same to have a brother and open a same company but then you you guys have to work different ways Yeah. if you if you work the same direction you know you're going to be fighting with your with your brother so basabout is more uh, like an hop on or off so everyone everyone knows that you know yellow or blue or red uh, buses around the cities that they take you around the city and they stop and take some photos and then you you keep going so this is a hop on or off bus basabout is the same but around all europe so you go from paris to bruges to amsterdam to berlin so you go around all europe by yourself or with friends and um, and you stop in the cities where we go with the bus and you decide by yourself if you want to stay there for two for four for six whatever whatever night you want to do you can stay in the city you know because two days later there will be another bus coming so you can catch that bus or just wait for four days later or six days later you know and that's and that's the main product of bus about and then they have the trips as well that's like you did in in Portugal and Spain they have they have Iberian adventure for Portugal and Spain and then they have up to north Candy Baltic the north countries and then they have down in the Balkans uh, so they have trips as well and and on these trips well it's like a group no, you don't know who is going to travel with you because basabot is more for independent travels but then by the end everyone knows each other so that's like a group that you put on a 13 meter bus and then by the end everyone knows each other so it's like a group a tour group mm. uh, but the main part of basabot is is independent travel is a hop on or off Yeah, the hop on and hop off is it's a great idea and it's a really clever way for solo travelers to be able to travel Europe and it's not super expensive. I remember when I was looking through Europe and what I was going to do and I only had a very short amount of time and I really wanted to do Spain and Portugal and then I found that tour and went, "Wow, there's so much in such a short amount of time." And the budget was great and I went, "Yep, let's yeah. do it." Sometimes though being a lower budget you think oh it's a risk normally low budget is not the best it was by far one of the best tours i have done for the yeah, price yeah. it was so good there was so much included the hostels what i really liked about them i had paid extra for my own room which is something that i quite often do and i suggest if you don't like to to travel with people that's a good thing to do i had done that 
and thinking that the hostels weren't going to be the best quality, every hostel that we stayed in was great. They were above what I was expecting and they were right in the middle of the city. I remember there was a couple of times where the bus couldn't go so close to the actual hostel and we had to get out and I don't know if you remember but I had my big suitcase. (laughs) Big suitcase. It's it's not just you. (laughs) Yeah and so I had to get it over the cobblestones which is not the easiest. A backpack probably would be easier in that situation with Europe and there's a lot of cobblestones around everywhere but yeah that was the only problem I had which is not a big problem at all. Yeah, for traveler with Buzzabout, because yeah, Buzzabout always looks for uh, accommodations, you know, right in the center, because yeah, the buses cannot go very close sometimes, so they try to get close as possible. But the more important is the accommodation, because if you're gonna stay for two nights or four nights, you have to stay closer from from the city, because the Buzzabout is just your way to get there, and then au revoir, you may be gonna see the bus again in two or three or four days. Uh, so that's the difference with Kentucky because with Kentucky you, you are on a group and you can stay on your own room as well. But with Kentucky you are on the room. So sometimes we don't really need to stay on our accommodation that close from the city because then the, the bus will take you later on into the city, you know, and with the group we we'll explore a little bit more. So the difference is uh, on Buzzabao you travel more as a, an independent travel, as a backpacker. And then in Contique, you are like a group, what is really fun as well, because at the beginning, you don't know anyone. And then by the end, you have made a group, a group of good friends or like even family, you know. How many people can do a Contique tour? Like how many fit on that bus? Is it the full 57? Yeah, the same. Yeah, 57, yeah. Wow, that's a big group. I've never been in a tour group that's that big. Have you had situations where you've had some issues because there are so many people yeah well it's it's with groups is hard because you know it's 50 plus people Mm. we are not all the same kind of of person you know and that's thanks god we are not because otherwise it would be super boring and then because you know i i could go along with you but i can maybe i not go along with another person and sometimes on a group you have like a little group here and then another little group and then another little group and that sometimes makes us really hard for us the team to work because you know you want to please everyone but at the same time it's really hard to please everyone but then if at the end of the trip everyone is happy and you have the good feedback that's because you have you have done a really great job but yeah we we had a lot of situations that you know people are complaining oh i don't like that person or i don't want to stay with that person it's the hard part of the job but we do we we try our best. So do you just handball that to, sorry, that's an Aussie term. Do you just pass that over to the guide and that's the guide's responsibility to deal yeah. with all of those things? Well, we try to help much as we can, the guides, but, you know, the guides are trained for that more than us. You know, like drivers are more trained to drive. And then with the experience, you, you, you kind of forget about how do I need to drive and you start to, you know, be super you know, free, we free them with the, with the bus and you already know the bus, so you're not very scared. And then you try to start helping more the guide. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's, that's when a, a driver is, is good because he's, he's, you know, he's doing, he's doing two jobs at the time, you know, he's, he's helping the guide, not going over him because he's doing his, his job, 
and the driver is, is uh, well, is, is paid, is paid to drive. But it's, it's good when the driver can help, you know, situations because, yeah, if, if, if in a group you have two different groups, you know, the driver going to stay a little bit with this one today and then the other one the next day and then the, the, the guide can change as well. So it's like a teamwork that the guide is the person who commands everything, you know, he says, guys, we're going to do it this way because I want to do it this way or we have to do it this way. Yeah, I remember going out for dinner and I found it really helpful because obviously Spain and Portugal speak different languages and I know when we had crossed over into Portugal that it was much easier for you to order all of our dinner for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but we at the time we were lucky as well because we had, we had Marisol and she was amazing. Yeah, she was a super guide as well and she could, she could speak uh, Spanish and understand very well Portuguese. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was really handy. But what happens in those situations? Obviously, you go around to lots of different countries where you can't speak the language as well. How do you find that? <laughs> I don't know. That, that's the more funny part. You know, you try to communicate with people that don't speak English or, you know, or you yourself, you, you don't speak much English and you speak with your hands. You have to be a little bit like Italians, you know, you speak with your hands and, <laughs> you know, you try to go around. That's, that's that's the good that's the good stuff you know different cultures you know you have to try it and then you have to you have to go along but yeah sometimes it's hard because you have a good a big day and then you, everything you want is just get there have everything you know um, plan correctly and then you get into a, a hotel or a hostel and then <laughs> it's a big mix on the rooms and then the guy that has to work out with someone at the reception that doesn't speak like a hundred percent English you know and that makes hard day. Yeah. And so what parts of Europe have you, actually, I should ask you more, what parts of Europe haven't you been to? Because pretty much you go through the whole network of Europe, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I haven't done Russia and I haven't done the Balkans. That's it. What part do you mean the Balkans? So Montenegro, Albania. Uh, yeah, all that, you know, the southern part of Europe, like near Italy, the Balkan area. Yep. So have you been through Croatia? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. So how far I have go was Croatia and Slovenia. Yeah, I really want to do, next time I head to Europe, I want to do the bus about one that kind of goes through, I think it starts maybe up in Vienna or somewhere and then goes kind of around. I can't remember what the name of that tour is. And then you finish oh, down a, in Croatia. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's like an eastern track trip. Yeah, it goes all the eastern countries areas. So, you know, Montenegro, Serbia, Albania, Macedonia, finishing Croatia. Mm, okay, so you haven't driven that one yet? No, I have took the ferry to Greece. I have drove a little bit in Greece, but not like Albania, Montenegro, Serbia. Okay. I haven't done these places yet. Yeah, all right. Oh, Gosh, brings back so many memories. It was such a good trip. I really <laughs> loved it. And it makes me want to buy a ticket and go and do another bus about trip around Europe. I highly Just recommend it, it if yeah. you haven't done it. Yeah, totally. It's so good. Yeah. And have you got any some have you got some good stories for me? Because surely you would have some good stories. How many tours do you do in a season? Like how many trips should I say? How like how long are you away in All a season? Right. Well, with Basabad, I was away from home for nine months, okay? Nine uh, months? Because, yeah, well, yeah, because when I started Basabad, I was only like a driver, and then I'm I'm a kind of person that likes to grow up what I, in what I'm doing, mm -hmm. and then I become a, a, a driver trainer, so all, the, all the, the, the training that I have passed through, I have to 
do it to to the new drivers. You know, I have yeah. to to teach them how to do it. So my season used to start very early in uh, February and then goes all the way down to October. And then sometimes I used to do Christmas and New Year. Yeah, so it was like a long time away. So I don't, I can't really tell you how many trips I have done because I have done a lot. A A lot lot of trips. trips. Uh, So I guess the downfall for that then is how much you're away from your loved ones. Yeah, that's the hardest place, the hardest moment, you know, because you drive so much and you, you share so many um, funny moments with, with different people, people that you don't know, but then you, you stay away from your family and you, you start missing home. I don't know, we just have to, I don't know, I'm young and we just have to work and uh, I don't know, it's a hard part, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back. Do you have some good stories for me? I have a lot. I was trying to think in some, um, and I have a lot of crazy moments with people, you know, people that get lost, people that get really drunk. This is the good, the fun, you know, because people come and because uh, that, that's like such a different culture mm. that people come and uh, enjoy because I, I believe that Europe is a little bit more uh, freedom than, than Australia, you know, with, with regulation, especially with alcohol and stuff. Mm-hmm. So people, when they come here, they, they get crazy, you know, and, uh, and all the... All the crazy uh, stories and, and funny stories come always come from like a good night out. <laughs> so I have, for example, people getting, you know, not not really smashed, but like happy. And then, you know, because you have to walk all the way down back to the hostel or you have to take a taxi. For example, this guy um, that, that got lost and he doesn't remember, like he doesn't really remember what happened. I remember this guy dancing on his knees on, on a club. And the, the security guy was like, oh, come on, man, you can't go that crazy. And, he, you know, he just wanted to have fun. It disappeared. And then we couldn't find him for three days. <gasps> uh, for three days? Yeah, we had to go because, you know, people have <laughs> paid for the trips. And uh, we, you were supposed to, date, to stay there for two days. And uh, we didn't hear from this guy for three days. So he didn't come on a, on a bus to live in the, uh, the city. That was Krakow. So he didn't come on the bus. And myself and the guy, we were like, what happened to this person? Like, mm-hmm. what? where is this guy? And this guy was his first time in Europe and he was his first time having holidays. And the first the first thing he told me when uh, when we started the trip is like, Didier, I want to have the best time of my life. I want to see much as I can of Europe. And I was happy to help him, you know, and uh, I believe he really had fun <laughs> because he <laughs> disappeared. Uh, we couldn't contact him. His phone was always off. And then, uh, and then we got a phone call from the office because, of course, when he when he disappeared, we had to call the office and, uh, mm. and explain the situation. And then uh, three days later, we got a, a phone call from the office saying, "Okay, um, DDA, don't don't be worried. Uh, this guy is is alive. <laughs> this is a more important thing." But it, he says that he fall in love with Poland and uh, he doesn't want to go back on a bus and he wants to stay in, stay in Poland forever. Uh, this guy probably found his love or he's just he's just found in love with the country and i was thinking he was in jail <laughs> i'm thinking he's definitely been arrested <laughs> it happened before as well you know it happened uh, but this one's you know you know very fast when people get in jail because uh they normally say oh i'm traveling with kontiki or i'm traveling with buzzabout these countries these cities already know us very well mm-hmm. so they get in contact with the office and and with us very, very quick. These ones are the fastest ones that we can find. That The crazy ones are that one that, you know, you just don't expect them to run away and, and disappear. 
So if people are going to do it and they fall in love with a human or the country, just let the company know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just please, just please text us and say, all right, guys, uh, we we are good. We're just going to stay. <laughs> you know, it saves us, save us a lot of nightmares, you know. Yeah, a lot of stress. <laughs> Can I ask you, I don't want you to mention names, but why were people getting arrested? Is it just for being drunk and disorderly? Yeah, well, so... Nothing against uh, Australians. I love you guys very, very, very much. Thank you for all all your love for me as well. But you guys go crazy, so hard, crazy. And then uh, sometimes they want to fight with everyone. And I have very good friends, boys. They they uh, they they tried to fight policemen, and that was not a good idea to do it. Oh. Um, and what country was that in? Do you remember? Because I'm assuming some countries are a bit strict, a bit more strict than others. Spain, Spain, that was Spain, and uh, yeah, Spanish police are not really friendly, you know, the Spanish people, they, they don't really like to speak other language that not Spanish, so it's really hard for uh, a not Spanish speaker uh, <laughs> to get in trouble because they're not going to speak with you on your mother language if you don't understand, just have to do what they say otherwise, so these boys, they got, they got in prison. Till you know the company uh, tried to help them, uh, and uh, well, by the end of the day, everything was alright. But yeah, you know they got really drunk and they tried to fight the police. Yeah, I actually remember that on the trip that I was on, that you were on, that there was a bunch of guys and they were drinking so much. And I was a little bit older; they were very early twenties and possibly their first trip, I'm assuming. And they were drinking so much, and I remember looking at them and thinking. How? How are you even doing this? They drank so much. And I remember you saying to me, you Aussies go hard. And I went, oh, I like to have a drink, but I, I know my limits. But I also am a little bit older than what they were. And it wasn't my first <laughs> trip. But, yeah, I I do agree that Aussies can go hard. And I think a lot of people, if you're not Australian and you've travelled and you've come across Australians, you've probably come across them in a bar while they've been drunk. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not all Australians, of course. And I don't judge these people in there. You guys just, you come around. You fly, They're on holidays, you know, yeah. Miles. They're on holidays, that's it, you know. Be, be careful with yourself. That's what I normally say. But enjoy your life, you know. You just have, it's like one shot. Make it count. So when you're driving and you're on these circuits, do you get time off at all? Yes. So in Europe, drivers cannot drive more than a certain days. Okay. So we have very, very restrict regulations. We drive for six days and then we have to stop for, you know, one day or two days. Depends on, you know, what you have done before. Yeah. We have very, very restrict regulations. So we have to have time off to, you know, it's like a safety first. So the driver has to rest. So the same, if you remember, like we used to drive from A to B and in between, we used to stop to have a break and uh, the break is good for you um, guys to use uh, the toilets and you know have some food but it's also for uh, for the driver for his uh, regulations to have to have a break it's, it's tired to drive it's, it's not easy it's, uh, some people think that it's just easy but uh, at certain point when everyone is sleeping and you, you look at the mirrors and everyone is like pass out and Sometimes your guide is pass out too <laughs> and you're just by yourself, you know, and you still have like 300 kilometers to go. We don't want people to, you know, have accidents because they fall asleep. So we, we do breaks and uh, that's the regulations in Europe are very, very restrict. Yeah. And on those days off that you have, do you go and do your own thing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we um, 
myself I go and I try to find good place to eat because it's very important for me to find a good place to eat <laughs> if it's if it's near the beach I, I try to get to the beach more faster as I can because that's that's something that I really miss from my hometown uh, when I'm around is, is the beach yeah I go around and I try to know a little bit more history about places you know because sometimes you have time off and you have travelers but I have time off too and uh, it's good if you if you have if you have some knowledge to, to share with them. So it's good when you're by yourself, mm. uh, if you can go and uh, discover a little bit the town, and then next time you will be with travelers, you can, you can give them a little bit of your experience. Do you have certain cities in Europe that you don't like driving in? Yeah, like when I say don't like, it's just because uh, it, it gets really hard because as you say, it's a big bus and, and uh, normally cars and motorbikes don't don't get that, you know, they, they think we can just push the button and it gets smaller like them and just go through everything. Paris, for example, is a, it's, it's a nightmare for all the drivers. Not that I don't like the city, I love the city, it's beautiful, but it's just chaotic to drive you know like it's many 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 cars many 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 bikes and many buses as well and sometimes uh, we get into a point that it's like please i just want to finish and sometimes to do i don't know 10 miles it took us like 45 minutes because the traffic is massive italy i used to say i love to drive italy and uh, and it's funny to see them drive but by the end of the day when you have a big day you are really tired so mm. Italy, all the cities in Italy are crazy, and then in Paris, yeah, Paris are very particular drivers. From my experience, I thought the south of Italy was way more chaotic than the north part. The north part of Italy didn't seem like there was that much chaos, but as soon as you're kind of close to Rome and down south, I just remember sitting there thinking, oh, how is anyone driving here? It was insane. Yeah. There was mopeds, bikes, everything. And there was, <laughs> oh, and I think actually at one point, the bus that I was in there ended up in a car accident and someone else had hit the bus. They'd run into the side of the bus. And I don't even think we stopped. I think they were just like, oh, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, it is. It is quite crazy to drive down south of Italy, you know, because that's, that's a true part of Italy, the, all the mafias and all the, all the La Bella Vicia, you know, so you have to, you have to just let, let it go, follow, follow the vibe. Yeah, it's a lot of people down there and, um, and Italians are just like that, you know, rules, rules, are, as we used to say, rules are made to break that, break that down, you know, and they just don't really care about if that is a sign or if there's a red light. So yeah, it, it is really crazy down south of Italy. Have you had any car accidents? or bus accidents, I should say? I, myself, no, I was once parked and then um, one lady by, I don't know, maybe she was a bit asleep or something. She wanted to come from the parking and she reversed into the, into the bus. Mm -hmm. The bus was already parked. I was, I was uh, loading people, people bags and she just <laughs> reversed <laughs> into, into the bus. That was, uh, that was the only problem that I had. Yeah, and I, I also remember you, you would get up very early in the morning and clean the bus, so the bus was always spotless. And I'm talking about the outside, which is not an easy job to do because it is a huge bus. Yeah, but you know, when you when you go to a shop and you buy some shoes, you want people to look at them and be like, oh, nice shoes. So that's what, what I have as well, the feeling, you know, with my bus. You know, I want, I want the other drivers to look at the bus and go like, wow, that bus is 
you know, it's clean, you know, yeah, nice that bus. guy likes his job, you know, nice bus, you know, <laughs> um, and of course, because you guys deserve it, you, you have paid so much to travel around, you don't deserve a, a, a dirty bus, you know, it's not because it was raining, of course, you're not going to clean when it's raining, but the next day, yeah, it's not raining, let's, let's clean it again, and inside, every day, you, you remember that big windows that, you know, you take photos from, from that windows, so they have to be they have to be clean, otherwise you will have many marks on your photos and, and then you go back to Australia or whatever, you know, America, Canada, you, you go back and then you, you have all these um, photos that don't look nice and then you cannot share with your friends. Mm. It's it's part of your job, you know, some drivers really like to do it, some drivers are more you know, chill out, but, uh, you know, we are not the same, We we are very different people, everyone. Is there a lot of Australian drivers that go over and drive for the companies that you drive for? Um, it used to, but uh, now it's uh, it's more complicated because of regulation. So they have to have a European passport oh. to drive. Back on the time before, or even when I start, yes, they uh, was many many Australians, New Zealands, and now is um, it's more more Europeans because you have to have the passport. Yeah. Okay, so that you need a European passport to be able to drive. Okay. Is there any other things if someone wants to be a driver, what they need to know? Well, first of all, this is the best job in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> you are, yeah, if you think, people work for, for money, of, of course, yeah, to, to live. God help these ones that they work for money and then they work in something that they really like. If you come to work in a company that's going to pay you to traveling, what else do you want? You know, you're just going to travel around Europe or, you know, whatever, in Africa. Or, and then you, you're just going to get paid for, meet new people every single day. I, I think that's a really good job. So this is the point number one, you know, if, if, you, if you are bored and home at the sofa, you don't have a job, yeah, come over. You have, if you have a passport, come over, join us. To get the job, as I say, you have to go through a, a big training. It's not always easy because uh, sometimes you get drivers that they have already some experience how to drive, but that's not what we want. We don't want you to do, um, to use the, the mistakes that you have learned already. We want you as a fresh driver, you know, we, we accept everyone, but we want you as a, as a fresh driver. And that's the way we want you to drive. The rest is just, you know, enjoy, enjoy the, the job. It's, it's long hours behind the wheel. It's a lot of people that, really appreciate what you do it's a lot of people that you know you are just a driver or a guide but by the end of the day i met so much people i believe i can go to australia in just every, every and not pay for accommodation doors. you'd have somewhere <laughs> to stay everywhere <laughs> that's true as well that's you know, the best and, thing um, about traveling you meet people and then you get to be able to say hey come and hang out at my place and they're like awesome free accommodation i've done it many a times and it is it is really good but yeah absolutely you'd probably be able to go all over australia with the amount of people that you would have met yeah that's true that's it, it, it is unbelievable the people that you you have uh, met and uh, and for me it was so good because well, I couldn't speak any English and I speak and I have met people and I drive to go all the way around Europe. So it's it's amazing. It's Do amazing. you have some favorite places in Europe that you love to go to? Yeah, number one is Amsterdam. Um, really? I haven't been to Amsterdam. Beautiful city, like really, really beautiful city. The people, the, the vibe, they are so, so nice people. 
they they speak many language because uh, they are very very uh, intelligent people and they the people look really nice you know they dress very well the men's the the women's and uh, it's just like a very polite city mm. and there's a lot to do there is a lot of story as well barcelona people love barcelona as you guys said ba- barcelona and <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's an amazing city as well, you know, very hot, a lot to do. Sagrada Familia still getting me crazy, you know, haven't finished. They never will finish, in my opinion, but it's amazing. It's a lot a lot to do, a lot to to see. Uh, Copenhagen, north of north of Europe, amazing place, uh, beautiful, more quiet, but people are very, very nice. And then of course, you know, Switzerland mm-hmm. is like it's like a different continent in the middle of European continent, you know. Switzerland with all different regulations, but at the same time with such a healthy country, everything is so beautiful. Mm, I love that they speak different languages in certain sections. Yeah, it's kind of confused sometimes, you know, when, when you are new around and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to Switzerland so I can speak French, but then you are on the German area and they don't really understand French. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you are, you are back Italian part and they don't speak any German or any yeah. uh, French. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. I've got a family member. My cousin lives in Switzerland and he actually speaks all languages. He's quite amazing, plus oh, Croatian because we're Croatian. Classic. And so he speaks everything. It, it blows my mind. But he said, I, I always just thought everybody did because he did. And that's what I've grown up knowing. But he said, no, not everybody does. There are very different, distinct sections and you can go there and someone won't be able to speak to you. And I went, oh, wow. I just thought everyone could speak everything and thought everyone there was so clever. <laughs> It is fantastic. It's a fantastic country. I have traveled many, many places. I have done, I don't know, millions of kilometers already. I invite you all guys to come to Porto, you know, that's Portugal, you know, the best place. <laughs> I, I can't find a place like my hometown, you know. I didn't get to your hometown because where are you from? What section? Uh, Porto, so like north of Portugal. Yeah. So we only went to Lagos, didn't we? Yeah, we didn't go to Lisbon. No. no, I think that was the next. Yeah, we did go to Lagos, yeah. yeah. Lagos was beautiful. Yeah, Lagos is amazing. I loved that. It was a good taste of Portugal. It makes me want to go back and see all the rest of the coastline and come up to please, Porto. Please come, yeah. Please come, yeah. It is It is more north you go. So we did go to south. That was Lagos. And then more north you go, more the real Portugal you have because, you know, it gets more people work more and then... Up to the north, people chill out a little bit more, but uh, at the same time, they work. And then the, the food is amazing up north because it's really fresh. And then, of course, you have Lisbon, the capital. It's a lot to do, a lot to see. It's just fantastic. Guys, come over. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me and talking about being a bus driver through Europe. I know a lot of people, especially Australians, they'd love to go and work in Europe and they want to do something that is with travel and if like Didier said if you have a passport go and do it if you love it but the thing that makes you stand out Didier is your passion for what you do and getting up and cleaning that bus and making everyone have a great time not everyone has that passion so I thank you for giving travelers a great time while they're over there because it doesn't happen everywhere so if you're lucky enough to get on a bus that Didier's on you are in the money. Thank you very much. Uh, It's my pleasure to work like that with so many people, different people as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.